Amen. If you would please remain standing as John comes to, to read our scripture for us. As John is coming forward, I was, I was so very moved as I saw uh, our, our, our youth pastor and, and uh, lead electric guitarist kneeling, uh, kneeling before God in that song until I realized uh, he wasn't, I mean, he may have been kneeling before God, but his uh, guitar strap broke two or three times. So that's why he was kneeling down trying to put that guitar there, there on, his, on his knee. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. John, our, so our scripture this morning comes out of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk uh, is, a, is, a, is a book of the Bible. I, I'll be honest. Maybe, Frankie, you've preached on Habakkuk before. I know, I know in my 21 years, I'm not sure that I've ever preached out of the book of Habakkuk. You can find it there. It's a small little book. You can find it there in your, uh, in your pew Bibles on page 664. Again, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive croup fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God, my Savior. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and Make it be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. Now, God, pour out your spirit upon, upon Sister Frankie and, and myself, that we might boldly proclaim your gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Hide us behind your cross, that your cross, your message of salvation might shine through for the redemption of the world. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to God, who indeed is our strength, our redeemer, our very life. Tis the season to be thankful. Or at least that's the way Americans see it. Even though we rush through Thanksgiving, to get to Christmas, we still see giving thanks as worthy of at least a day on our calendar or a day to be off work or a day to hang out with family or a day to break our diet and eat anything we want. But we followers of Jesus Christ, we know better or at least we should. We know it's about much more than a day on a calendar. It's about much more than a turkey. It's about much more than gathering with family and friends. And while I don't want to minimize or eradicate family gatherings around food, we know, we know that there is so much more to giving thanks than the last Thursday of November than a turkey, than family and friends, than remembering those five kernels that those first pilgrims had as sustenance. So as we gather today, I think it's in Leslie's mind as well as in my mind 
that we want to help us all to remember that we're to give thanks at all times, not just when it shows up on the calendar. We want the body of Christ to seek this day to be reminded of the true meaning of thanksgiving and the way it should be lived out in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving should be emitting up from us to God each and every day, many, many times a day. And I'm not going to waste time there, but you know that we don't give thanks like we should. And you say amen or ouch, whichever one suits. <laughs> but Paul reminded the Thessalonica church to give thanks in everything for whatever was going on at that moment in their lives was the will of Christ Jesus concerning them at that moment. So no matter the circumstance of your life, at any given moment, we need to realize that what we're going through is never beyond God's power and ability. It's never beyond his authority. Life on planet Earth, I tell you, it can sometimes drive us to our knees in agony and in pain as we endure things that we see and understand them to be horrific and debilitating. We find ourselves crying out in absolute anguish to the living God. It seems, though, in those situations, all we're able to do is lament our circumstances. And while we learn from the psalmist that lamenting is not all negative, many times the things that cause us to lament our situation are actually used by God to direct our attention back to him, our source of relief, our source of help, our source of everything. But most of the time, we're so busy hating what has occurred in our life that we focus our attention on the agonizing situation rather than focusing our attention on the one who has all power, all compassion toward us to see us through. God wants us in absolute faith to believe that indeed he will see us through. And what I believe the prophet Habakkuk shows us today is that there is a higher plane to be realized in the life of the people of God. Right smack dab in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of life's storms. And Habakkuk surely knew about life's storms. No doubt Habakkuk, of all people, knew about life's storms. Um, so Habakkuk lived during this season in the, in the, in the Hebrew history that, um, well, he, so, so the Assyrian Empire was a massive and, 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 and astounding empire. And about 200 years before Habakkuk's life, the Assyrians had come in, they had swept into Samaria or the, or the, the northern kingdom, and they had, uh, they had defeated the northern kingdom, the Hebrew people. And so 200 years later, there was another empire that, that took over from the Assyrians, and that was the Babylonians. The Babylonians were the, were the most ruthless empire in all of the world history up to that point. 
they were incredibly, incredibly ruthless. Uh, if, if, you, uh, if, if you fought against them, you would surely be defeated and you would likely, um, well, you would likely be killed or, or your, your family would be taken into slavery or your, your wives would be taken as, a, as, a, as the wife of a Babylonian or, or about 25% of, of the people that they, that they overtook, they would take them into exile. They would take them into, into exile in, uh, in, into, into Babylon into Babylon. Here's a, here's a map of the, of, the, of the Babylonian empire. It was a massive empire. If you look at this, it, it almost looks like where, where the Babylonians reigned. It almost looks like a, a, a crescent shaped. Well, you may have heard of the Fertile Crescent. Well, they reigned in the, in the Fertile Crescent. There was a reason for that. That was the, that was the center of civilization in the ancient Near East. And so the Babylonians arose and well, so what was going on right before the right before the uh, the the prophecy of of Habakkuk? Right right before then, the uh, the Egyptians had had sided with the Assyrians. Well, after the Babylonians took over the Assyrians, then the Babylonians turned their attention to to Egypt, and Egypt had had made their way north into into what would what would eventually become the Babylonian Empire, and. And Babylon, they, they fought against the Egyptians, drove them, drove them back into where we know as, as modern-day Egypt in the, in the Nile River Valley. Well, after they had turned their, after they had, after they had driven the Egyptians back then, they turned their attention to one of the largest cities and, and really one of the most important cities uh, in that time that they had not yet besieged, and that was the city of Jerusalem. Babylon looked immediately to Jerusalem as an area that they needed that they needed to take over. So, so Jerusalem and, and the southern kingdom, Judah, they had they had had a they had, had a wonderful king, King Josiah. King Josiah brought them back to where they were supposed to be, brought them back into, into faithfulness under King Josiah. They abided by all of the Old Testament rules and laws. They, they had all of the feasts and all of the festivals. They celebrated Passover. They, 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 worshiped, only, they worshiped only the one true God. But after, after Josiah died, that wasn't the case. They began to, they began to build uh, idol worship poles all, all around the country. They, they quit worshiping uh, in, in the temple in Jerusalem. They began to worship all over the countryside, and they, they, I mean, they turned from their one true love, the Lord their God, and they turned to other gods and began to worship them. And Habakkuk knew what was about to happen. He knew what was about to happen. Although, although he, didn't, he didn't know the details, he knew that, that one way or another, something bad was going to happen. This was not going to end well, Habakkuk knew. And in fact, and in fact it, it didn't end well. Uh, about 10 years after the, after the prophecy of Habakkuk, the Hebrew people, about 25% of the inhabitants of Jerusalem were carried off carried off into exile in Babylon, or excuse me, 25% of the entire population of Judah, almost all of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was torn to the ground. It was burned to the ground, absolutely made into rubble. Habakkuk knew it. 
He knew what was coming. He saw the handwriting on the wall. And yet, and yet he said this. Did you get, did you get what he said? He said, though the fig tree should not blossom, the, not, there, there's not going to be any fruit on the vines. There's the, the, the produce of the olive is going to fail. The, the, yield, the fields will yield no food. The flock will be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls. Yet I, I will rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Yes, yes. In spite of the circumstances, in spite of the coming storm, in spite of the reigning Babylonians, in spite, in spite of all of it, I will rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because I will take joy in the God of my salvation. You see, sisters and brothers, that's where the joy of our life comes from. That's where the joy of our life comes from. And there are indeed some practical implications about how we can how we can give how we can give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances, especially during those times that are the most difficult in our lives. Amen. You see, dealing with the difficulties and the tragedies of this life can be overwhelming. Sometimes totally distressing. They sap us of all our energy. They seek to rob us of that joy. But what we need to remember in those times is that having a heart of gratitude is not about looking at our circumstances, whether they're good or bad. It's really about giving God what God is due. You see, giving thanks to God is not based on how we feel or what we're going through at the moment. Our focus of thanks to God is first because of who he is and second because of his redemptive work on our behalf as well as his constant care and provision and protection. Y'all, it's really easy for us in our finite minds and our limited understanding and capacities to overlook current blessings when the storms of life are raging. I found myself frustrated with God and why he seems silent in those situations. But then I remember the psalmist says, he is God. He is God. I am a mere creature here on earth, but he is God of the universe. So let your words be few. Choose the words you use to God, Frankie. Choose rightly those words. Our text this morning is a reminder to us that the spiritual discipline of giving thanks to God is not an activity for a national holiday. It's not even reserved for Sunday morning worship, but it is to be the lifestyle, the very heartbeat of the believer 24-7. And I've been through some stuff in my life. I've had some circumstances. And a major part of the testimony of my life comes from the times I experienced great agony and pain. 
And briefly, I'm going to share. It was on May 21st, 2015, that the greatest struggle of my life came when my son was stricken out of nowhere. 45-year-old healthy young man going about doing what God had called him to do. But you know, in those moments in that ER, I couldn't cry. I couldn't shake my fist at God. I began to talk to doctors and tell them what they need to be doing. You know, that's me. Y'all know me. <laughs> I began to talk to them because I could hear God speaking to me. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. Wasn't time to cry. And then when I began to think about giving thanks in everything, Lord, why? how can I thank you in this? Well, I can thank you that for 45 years, my son, not a perfect man, but a good man, a godly man, probably touched more lives in his 45 than we can in 80. I can give you thanks that if you call him, I know he's going to spend eternity with you. If I give thanks to you, I get to rejoice. My rejoicing is not taken. God works miracles every day. No, he can't talk. He can't walk. He can't do anything for himself, but he's there. He is 82% cognizant of everything going on around him. And yet I find joy in the pleasure of caring for him day after day. Yep, gets weary on this 72-year-old. It does. <laughs> but I give thanks that I'm able to do it. That we have the resources to do the care for this man. We give thanks for his life. Others may count his life out and not worth much. But I'm not the giver of life. I just got to birth him. And so because I can't give life, it's not mine to take. Yeah, that's been suggested by medical professionals. But what I want you to hear today is that no matter what comes against you? The thing that you think could be the worst thing in the world, our God is able. And he will not. He will not leave you alone. I can wholeheartedly say today with Andre Crouch, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. Andre went on to say, I've been to lots of places. I've seen a lot of faces. And even then, there have been times I felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know that I was his own. And that's why today I can tell you I thank God for the mountains. And I thank him for the valleys. 
I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I would know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God can do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. And the very heart of what we're talking about is resurrection. The darkest day in history was, n was not the last day. Sunday was a coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The darkest day in your life is never the last day of your life. For you see, resurrection is coming. On Friday nights, we have a, we have a, a Friday night worship service for the downtown homeless uh, population. We had, I don't know, I think it was about around 95 uh, of our downtown uh, friends that were here on Friday evening, and, and we've done this for the last couple of years. Um, we, what we did is we set out uh, a, uh, a leaf. I found it interesting that it was a, a green leaf that we set around the tables, and we asked them to, to write on the back of that green leaf something that they were thankful for. Now, now mind you, these are folks that I mean, these are some folks that um, probably have experienced things that I, I doubt if I'll ever experience. I like, I like to camp out every once in a while. I don't know that I want to. I don't know that I want to live outside. <laughs> these are folks that. I mean, we, what we have found is that almost forty percent of those that that come to our Friday evening uh, worship service are are uh, chronically homeless, meaning that they they have they they don't sleep inside and they haven't. Uh, for quite some time, typically at least months at a time. And some of our folks that we know um, have, been, have been living on the streets for years and even decades at a time. Many of those that, that we experience on Friday evening, they have found themselves in some really, really difficult situations. But I want you to, I want you to take a look at our Thanksgiving tree. You see all those green leaves? <laughs> those are the things that are that our Friday night live congregation is thankful for. Wow. Things that we, I mean, we look at their lives and we, we wonder what in the world could they be thankful for? That's it. Oh, you ought to read them. You ought to read them. I, I find it fascinating that this, this brown and seemingly dying tree coming back to life with green. Amen. Amen. That is resurrection. So here in just a moment as our, as our band plays our uh, or as whoever is playing our song of invitation, whoever that's going to be today, as they, as they sing the, the song of invitation, you're invited to come uh, and bring a pen or pencil with you if, you, if you're, if you're going to come. We, we have some leaves up here uh, around the altar rail, and as you come forward, if you'd, if you'd want to just write down something that you're thankful for. Again, in, in spite of our circumstances, in spite of the despair that we see around the world, and then just just put that... Just put that uh, that thing that you're thankful for there on our on our tree as you see I, I think whenever whenever we whenever we have a lifestyle of thanksgiving it brings life into the world That's right. it is That's the way right. that we live out mm -hmm. the resurrection would you bow with me yes god we thank you for your amazing grace in Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. That, O oh Lord, is yes. where our hope comes from. That, O oh Lord, is where our, our, our heart of thanksgiving and a life of thanksgiving comes from. 
It stems from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the salvation that has been offered to us and all of the world. It comes when we abide in your presence, when we take our, when we take our eyes off of this despair and trouble in this world and we put them solely upon you. We can do nothing but give you thanks. So come on, O oh Lord, give us that heart that we so desire. Those who are here today that, that, have, that have had such overwhelming circumstances in their lives, oh God, you have compassion upon them. Your heart breaks with them. Put within them your joy, O oh Lord, a joy that is based not on circumstances, but upon a, a joy that is based upon your great love for us in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.